You're now entering a restricted zone. Welcome to Area 52. Hello and welcome back to the Area 52 podcast. It has been, well, a hot minute since we've been in here. Super hot. It's like the hottest minute ever, dude. Like 180 degrees. Like, dude, hot you days. can't even touch that minute. It's so hot right now, bro. That minute's so hot right now. <laughs> it has. It's been a minute. Newlander, guys. Yeah, watch come on, it. guys. You know the reference. Um, but yeah, we're 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 back. It's I I apologize. It has been um, a scheduling nightmare to get everybody in the same room, and even this week. We have to announce that we will be sans Melissa. It's just us two tonight. Yes, I'm um, sorry, and don't worry, nothing happened to her. Yeah, she just she's working. We hope. I mean, it's hard I don't to know. make everybody's schedules match up. Yeah. Um, she's been working. Sasha works all the time. I've been working and traveling. Everybody's been crazy, going nuts. Um, you recently had uh, an unfair battle at the hands of of two opponents at, at, a, at your wrestling show. That's right. And, um, in a, in, I don't want to, I don't want to bring up a sore subject. I don't want to start with this, but it seems like that's what you're doing. Well, I want to just ask you how you feel about it because, um, due to some outside interference, mm-hmm. you, you recently lost your belt, which you've had for how long did you hold the belt for? Over a year. Over a year. Like 15 months, mm-hmm. wasn't it? Mm-hmm. We had an anniversary. We had a lot of good memories together. And then you lost it because some people cheated. Dirty Rotten Cheaters is what, yeah, that's what happened. It's been, and that was tough. Yeah. I imagine. Yeah. Do you believe, coming from, from a place of Area 52 thinking, do you believe it was a conspiracy? Absolutely. From the highest position? They knew 100% what was going to go down that night. And uh, no one will listen to my case. Don't you worry, I'm going to get my belt back. All right. Well, I believe that. I believe that you'll have that belt back. Dimitri, I'm coming for you. Yeah. <laughs> Watch yourself, punk. Um, yeah, but you know what? It's been, it's it's good to be back in here. A lot of stuff has happened uh, since we uh, were here last. Um, things in the news and it's it's kind of hard because it's like, man, there's so many things we want to talk about. There's certain things that we want to do um, with Melissa when she's available. So it's like, you know, we kind of just had to choose some of the things that had happened. And there was a few things that we had to kind of address um, that had happened in the news that people had tagged us in and we talked about on social media and mm-hmm. stuff. One of which, and I think we just need to address this right off the bat because I think it's the biggest issue um, that's happened or the biggest moment that's gone down since we've been here last, was that... Apparently, they have found and arrested the Golden State Killer. Holy shit. But for, for real, though. I'm serious. But holy it, shit. Holy shit. Um, I now, mean, I personally think this is weird because a little bit of a personal story. We were kind of watching something about the Golden State Killer and, and things like that. And we were just like, let's just put it out there that we want this mystery to be solved within our lifetime. We want the Golden State Killer to be discovered, you know, so to speak. And it was no less than three weeks later. Crazy. Yeah. And and what was so interesting, and I, I, I guess, you know, this is kind of what's cool about this, is that, um, 
over the years as these kind of cold cases go by. There's a lot of them, and not all of them are as famous as the Zodiac or Jack the Ripper or the Black Dahlia. You know, there's some that, like, you know, if you're in the true crime circles, you you know what they are. And there's there's even more where they just kind of, you know, go by the wayside because there's so many more other stories. I mean, look at the fact. I mean, that happens now. The Vegas shooting is not still in the news, even though it was like, you know, there's still all these questions. You know, people just, these things disappear as the Very news cycles go by. And um, I, I don't know. I, I feel kind of like maybe, I don't want anybody to think that it was like, oh, we're responsible because no. we were putting that out there. Like, I do not think that at all. I'm just saying it was a very weird coincidence and I don't. No, I, I'm I don't, assuming, <laughs> no, I don't, I don't, I don't think like anybody assumes that because in any way or shape or form, just just clarifying. Well, but also it was like the interest had never hadn't died down in that true crime community. Right. You know, in uh, Patton Oswald's late wife, uh, Michelle McNamara. I mean, I've I always don't say her name correctly, so let's I, not ask me. I, I, I apologize if I didn't say that last name. No. If, if that's not her last name. But she um she was started a, a blog that eventually became a book that's now being optioned into an HBO series. Um, and it's it's weird because, what was it, 10 days before they arrested this guy, there was uh, the conclusion of a five-part, I don't know if it was five weeks or five nights or whatever, but there was a five-part series on one like of little the... little docu-series or something. Yeah, on... called Unmasking a Killer, the Golden State um, killer was also known as the East Area Rapist. Was also known as the uh, the Night Vesalia, the Vesalia the, Ransacker. Yeah. He had all these different names, and it was because of the true crime community that eventually these were tied together. That people started seeing, hey, well, you know, this is interesting. We got the same thing here, and and the cops had done that too over the years, trying to tie like, hey, the Ransacker kind of does mm-hmm. things that the you know the East Area Rapist does, or you know the description sounds the same, but they had never caught this guy, and he was responsible for like fifty rapes and multiple murders, and. Yeah. I um, and then he just kind of stopped. And it was interesting because, you know, just like a lot of these other murders, like Zodiac or, or Jack the Ripper, where somebody stops and you kind of go, oh, well, well, did they die? Did they, you know, were they arrested? Why would they stop? They wouldn't just stop. Right. Well, I guess. And, and this is the thing is that I want to do an episode on the Golden State Killer. I do but the fact is, is that we, you can't do it yet because if we had done it two weeks ago, it would have been like, who is this guy? Right. Police say he's this. Now, because we had talked about doing it, you know, for a while. Like, right. We want to do the Golden State Killer. It's yeah. so fascinating. And now um, they've now apparently they've caught this guy. So all of the information, all of the stories, all of the things that exist, all of the witness accounts, all of the everything, every piece of information in this case now gets to be re-examined compared to this guy's life. Because That's what I can't wait for. They found this guy in the in the fucking same city. He still lived there. It's Sacramento, right? He still was a Sacramento native living with a daughter and granddaughter. He'd worked at a um a grocery warehouse or like a like a some sort of store warehouse for like 27 years. He'd recently retired. Um he was just a dude and the way that they found him uh, and this is this is what people are starting to call into question is the fact that they found him because they're they people who who use these uh, DNA profiling sites. We talked about this topic before too, and you guys can understand if you kind of remember it in past podcast topics that we've discussed. Yeah, because I mean, you you're basically giving them 
all of your genetic makeup, your genetic code. I mean, truly down to the point where some of these companies can kind of almost tell you diseases that you're predisposed to genetically and things like that. And it was kind of um, of a topic of discussion because of the idea that people could then market you. You know, maybe if somebody knows that you have heart disease that's common in your family, they can they can market you Prevacid or whatever it is that's for your Right, your, your heart, or you know, I don't know the medicine. Deny you medical coverage, all uh, sorts, yes, anything, and in this case, things like that. People are saying now, well, you can become an unwitting informant, you know, um, uh, and I think that that's what happened is they found a DNA hit through a public website that they were then able to get to a specific family tree and whittle it down to eventually to this guy whose name is... Um, it's James uh, something D'Angelo. James D'Angelo. I don't remember what his middle name is or the other part, but it's James D'Angelo. And he was a cop. He fit all of the descriptions that he the people was, He fought about. in Vietnam, correct? He, yep, and he was an officer. All of the, all of the he things... He had a gr- degree in criminal... Uh, Criminal justice, yeah, or- criminal justice, and when I mean, so he understood the way that people thought. He understood the process. He understood, um, and and you know what's funny is you watch this this series, and you realize they they put all this time into this. Who is this guy? Who who could it be? And then ten days later, they catch this dude, and yeah. this dude wasn't on anybody's radar. They weren't talking about him like one of the suspects. Did, no. Nothing. They had no, no idea, and they would speculate. You know, well, you know, maybe he's a maybe he was a. a a military, maybe he was yeah. this. He, he was proficient in firearms, and well, he blended into the community. Of course, he would. The East Area rape, a rapist is around. Why wouldn't you? There'd be cops everywhere. I mean, because oftentimes they had they had realized that uh, he was very aware of his victims' schedule and their homes and the surrounding areas right. because a lot of times he would come in on foot and he was proficient with jumping over fences and things like that. So. He had very much scouted the area, and it would not be strange for a cop to just be sitting out, you know, looking out over the area. I mean, no one would really think anything. They they might think the opposite, like, cool, we're, we're safe. There's we're, a cop yeah, here. there's or, a cop. We're protected. You know, he might have even, um, I don't know if there's any stories or accounts of this happening, but it could probably be a way of uh, having someone open the door for him. You know, he could say, I, police, I need you to open up, or who knows what he went to, but... And he did that, well, do a lot of interesting things throughout the crimes that I often wonder, you know, if he picked up, like, learning about in criminal justice or things like that in the, the courses that he took. And if there were, like, things that he picked up from other cases, it's, you know, it's it's like he almost studied to become a, uh, a, criminal. a criminal. Yeah. Like, yeah. he kind of had a degree in, cr- in criminology in a different way. Yeah. You know, he knew how to outsmart the, the law. Um. By understanding how it worked and things like that. But I'm so interested for him to answer these questions, you know, like, why did he stop? And I mean, I kind of... The five-year gap, mm-hmm. um, that, you know, and, and when you go back over the case, and, and like I said, I, I want to dedicate an episode to this, but right. I want to dedicate, at this point, I want to dedicate an episode to this with it being solved. Yeah. I wanted to dedicate it with, with the, not the speculation of what, what did he do? I want him to say, like you said, what happened in the five-year mm-hmm. gap? There was a five-year gap at one point between one attack and another. Some people speculated that he, he was locked up because that's what you do. You do five years, you get out. Right. Um, there was all sorts of different ideas. But now being able to go through and, and apply this man's timeline, you know, why did he go from Sacramento down to Visalia? Why did he go into the areas? You know, they... they showed how he would attack right off freeway off ramps. I right. mean, this guy clearly 
And and how many of these he cops to? You know, if he says, yeah, it was all me. You know, what else could be him? You know, what other cold cases could he have know. been involved in? And that's know. what's fascinating is that is that now all of that speculation, every show that's been about him with the with the drawings and the pencil, you know, sketches from from uh, what what are those people? The crim, crim, crime scene, uh, the, the sketch artist, sketch artist, right? Yeah, and they they scene. draw those and they. It's like we got, well now if you got the guy and let's be fair, everybody's innocent till proven guilty. But from what they said, his DNA matched. The DNA from the last known killer of the of the or the last state mur- the last known murder of the Golden State Killer, as well as another one, the Whithoon murder, which was another woman who had been killed, um, which had like started leading to other hits. And so mm-hmm. it's like, look, this is uh, they kind of if this is true, they kind of got this guy. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't mean to sound like I mean he's in Sacramento. He's right there. He's a yeah. cop. The timeline, everything, the profile, every part of him. It's not like this guy was like, well, we were way off. He was a shoe salesman from Poughkeepsie. No, he, he was a fucking cop who was an ex-soldier who lived in in the heart of where every one of those attacks took place. Right, and never and, moved, and then just fucking stopped. Yeah, I I think, and I don't mean to sound crude, but. Um, uh, truly, I remember how all the victims kind of said that they, they, you know, they, they remember him being remarkably small in, in his manhood department. But so I kind of wonder if they could like, just kind of look at it and be like, oh, no, there's the, there it is. There's the tiny pecker that did all the damage. Oh my gosh. Okay. (laughs) Gross though. But you Um, know what? Moving on. I, why I think he possibly stopped. My only theory is that. We know that he was still killing in 86 and right around the 90s or so is when there was major advancements in DNA and technology and things like that. So I kind of think there was, especially him being involved in law enforcement, he would have kind of a forefront of knowledge of of the upcoming advancement that that they had. And so I think he kind of like was like, oh, shit. You know, yeah. they were like, because uh, I mean, he left DNA all over the scenes. I mean... They have they have tons of DNA, you know, from crime scenes regarding him, and I think that he just was like, "Oh shoot, they can start matching that stuff," and I left a whole bunch everywhere, and I think that's just kind of why he stopped because I think he kind of knew that it was getting really risky to get away with it. Yeah, I, don't know. I think that's, that's a good. What I think. I, well, and yeah, knowing knowing what he did about, uh, you know, from his his police perspective, mm-hmm. I absolutely agree. I think he. But but you also go how to, and and that's what I want to know. Like, I just want to know how you just go been, about having a normal life after you've done these things. Right? Has there ever been a serial killer who was found because forty years later? I don't think there is. I don't think that there's there's been a precedent for this set. Every serial killer that has ever been stopped was stopped because the police caught them, and that's why their crime stopped. The other the other people, the Zodiac, Jack the Ripper, who knows why they. Stopped because we never caught them. We don't know why they stopped. Right. Did they die? What happened? This guy, we now have an established precedented case of a man, if this is him, who killed and killed and killed and built and built and murdered, started as a burglar, started as a, as a the ransacker who would just set your boxer shorts out weird and touch your panties and not really steal anything, maybe a yeah. little trinket, to a man who ultimately tied people up, would rape, would torture, would then ultimately murder, and yeah. then... And then somehow willed himself to just stop. Maybe not. Maybe there are other murders out there that we don't know about that he changed his method and 
yeah, I killed until I got away with. It. I killed somebody last week. Who knows? Uh. But but now you have a guy who was literally if, if his last murder was eighty six, then you go. Uh, well, he was at least killing in eighty six. I don't remember when the last. So one say was, it was the mid eight mid to late eighties yeah, yeah. that he somehow stopped and said, "All right, thirty years of no and, murder," and, and he, went and carried and on got a life. Married. Like I mean, that's the thing. We know he was married. Had um, kids. Yeah, he's since been divorced, but I mean, he has kids. He has a grand child at least one that we know of because that's who he was living with at the time it's so i mean and the other thing he had he always took something from the crime scene or from the victim or something like that so i mean maybe he has like this treasure trove of all of these trinkets and personal items i mean because he took licenses and necklaces and pictures yeah weird weird things weird things but and and at this point right now all we know is that they have this guy he hasn't made any statements they haven't said anything i mean uh, other than what like you told me they said that um he had said to the police when they showed up to his house oh yeah yeah he said <laughs> when police actually went to take him into custody his his words were i have a roast in the oven and they said we'll take care of it like yeah he didn't say what why are you here he said i have a roast in the oven so i i don't know i i i don't know they the one there was a few accounts of people who knew him. One guy said um, he was fine, just a regular Joe, but he never smiled. Other neighbors say he was had a short fuse, a temper. Yeah. You know, it, it's always that thing, right? And I think this is like, you know, neighbors Neighbors always kind of come forward when, when something, you know, now that you mention it, he yeah. was kind of, I left my garbage out one day. And if you're the victim, they're always like, oh, that per-, it's just always smiling. And, and it's like, well, yeah, it's like we remember the good about the victims, remember the bad about the, the accused. So obviously neighbors, but nobody's come forward and been like, yeah, I thought that guy was a dick for years. Like, right. obviously this guy's a murderer. So I don't know. And and I, I mean, want to hear like, from his family. Yeah, I want to hear from exactly. his daughter, like, who's like, like, "Oh my god, I didn't know my dad was the Golden State Killer. Or he I couldn't mean, be." Or... He he probably watched the programs on television about him or read books about himself. I mean, like, I wonder if his family ever observed him having any kind of like particular interest or fascination with the Golden State Killer. Reaction I mean, to any of it, right? I mean, because he has to know. I mean, with with the way that the world is today and technology. I mean, right. I he knows. Well, and it's interesting, too, because as with um, sketches that we've seen in the past, he might have looked up at those police sketches that were all over those billboards. Have you seen the Golden State Killer and gone, that looks nothing like me. Good luck. Yeah, yeah. I don't look like that at all. And, you know, some of the other stuff, in fact, some of the some of the ones, uh, the cases that we studied this past week, um, trying to figure out what we wanted to talk about um, like like J.C. Duggard when they finally found her and they were like the version of what she was when they found her versus the advancement sketch. Yeah. You go, nah, it's nothing. You know, they've done that with a bunch of things. And it's, it's I don't know, it's, this guy clearly was in an area where there were constant reminders of what he did. So it's like, what, it's, I want a psychologist to tell me what kind of mind this is. How do you just keep living your life after you've done all these things? I don't know. So I just I'm just want that to come out. It's just weird. And I, I really want him to speak. I hope that um, he's willing to do that. I hope he doesn't deprive us of that. You yeah. know, I hope we get some satisfaction in the answers that we want. It's crazy how bad, you know, I want those answers, which seems almost pathetic. But, I mean, it's true. It's like I just want to know how. Because this is like catching. It's a human any, psyche thing. It's this like, is how catching do do one that? of the most notorious serial killers Absolutely. of all times. 
years and years and years and years later. Absolutely. This isn't speculation on who Jack the Ripper was. No. This isn't speculation on who the Zodiac might have been. They apparently have in custody a man who murdered and raped and then just stopped and disappeared and nobody thought this was going to be found. Nobody thought this was going to be. Dude with a roast in his oven. Yep. Who just had retired from his warehouse job, just living with his kid. Weird. It is. It's fucking. I can't wait for more to come out. Yeah. Yeah. There, there needs to be more information about this because it's a fascinating story. There's a few of these that have kind of broken the news, and they, there is no conclusion yet. Um, One of the other ones that's a very interesting story. Um, that just kind of uh, hit the news and then somewhat disappeared a little bit, but I guess there's no more to really say at this point, is the story of uh, actress Allison Mack. Who, yeah, the uh, Smallville actress. Yeah, so now I never watched Smallville. I didn't either. I've never seen an episode. I haven't either. Um, my dad loves the Smallville. Don't tell him. I'm not telling him about break it. break his heart now. He'll be like, what, who? I don't know who she played, but apparently she was on this show. And... Allegations have come out that said that she, um, who was very publicly part of this organization, this self-help organization called Nexium. It was spelled like N-X-I-V-M. Yeah. But I guess you pronounce it Nexium. Nexium. Or... Like the, maybe the V is the fancy U, how they do I that. Know. I don't know. Um, and, and then an offshoot. Well, it was discovered to be an offshoot, but she was part of this women's self-help group called JNS, which was some sort of, they called it a tracking program, which would recruit women in the videos. And, and there's some interesting videos. I'll, I'll, I'll play you some of this. They're weird as shit. Where they're talking about the, the methodology of this, of this guru, this man named um, Rainier. Yeah. What was his first name? Steve? Jeff? No. Um... Keith, Keith, Keith Rainier. Keith, yeah, that's what it was. And he's like this self-help guru, and and he would apparently send this Allison Mack actress out into these social settings and the people she'd work with on movies and stuff like this, and she would start talking to people, and within a very short time of meeting most of these women who have come forward, uh, she would pitch them this idea of of kind of almost recruitment into this um, organization that's empowering women. It's women to get together and have creative experiences. And yeah, it's very it's, vague wording. It's, yes, it is. There's like, they say so much without saying nothing at all. I mean, it's just a whole bunch of fancy words that don't make a sentence. Yeah. A, a, lot, of, a lot of it being um, shielded under the, um, the guise of it's for feminism, you guys, you know, and yeah, it's but, really strange. But stuff. if you, if you, I think we're going to play a little bit for you of like some of the clips that he did later or sometime. Yeah, but I'll if play you, some of that. if you can, just go look up. Um, is her name Allison? Allison, Allison Mack. Mack. Yeah, just go look up her uh, her videos, and it's so weird and so. Um, I liken it into kind of how Scientology gets you. You know, mm-hmm. they they kind of lure you on the idea of self help, but it's. I don't know. It's 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 interesting. A lot of people say it's the recipe for a cult. So. And the, there's some very powerful women. There's these um, these two sisters uh, that are um, the heirs to the Seagram's fortune, I believe. The Brumph. 
Bronfman sisters. Bronfman sisters or something. Yeah, they have like the the name with the weird like F in it. Yeah, Bronfman. yeah. And there's been some like very high powerful women. This Saltzman lady who Susan Saltzman, I believe. Like I said, there's there, it's 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 like these women, these high powered women that that are in Hollywood or in these positions of authority, and they get these other women and they bring them in. And at one point, um, one of the actresses who came forward um, talked about how she was branded. Um, she was told she was going to get a tattoo as part of this initiation. Yeah. And then when she showed up to this thing, was like ordered to strip completely naked, be blindfolded, go in, lay down, and they used it like a soldering iron. Soldering iron. Oh, oh watch out. It's hot. And they used it to brand this woman. Um, and she was told it was like an Egyptian symbol. But when they looked at it, they realized that this brand was actually a combination of the initials KR and AM for Keith Rainier and Allison Mack. Right. Like they literally branded these people like their property, like cattle. Right. And it was this basically this sex trafficking organization. Now, I will say this. There was an article going around from some info news site, which was is fake news. I don't want to use that term, but it is a fake news site that was saying that Allison Mack had confessed to selling children to the Clintons and to the Rothschilds. That's not true. That's not a true thing. There is a connection between the Bronfmans, right, and the Rothschilds. Because they're so wealthy, they are part of the, you know, they, they are. They, well, they Within have the a Bronfman and Rothschild is like a they have a group. Yeah, there's a that's group Bronfman and Rothschild. I mean, they have a combined group, and and so there is a connection there between them and their major contributors to this uh, organization. So I think that that's the, con- and the that organization that with and that. that organization has made donations also to the Clinton Foundation. Yes. So, but as far as them selling underage children to these people, no, that has not been confirmed. But there are links to other wealthy organizations, as with a lot of this type of thing. Now, there's also, at this point, no allegations that involve child sex trafficking. That most of this was women in Hollywood who were of age being put into compromising and oftentimes uh, embarrassing sexual situations or or straight up being loaned to men or things like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, they not only did they brand them, but... Um they really set up their approach to how they would take care of, of hushing them from the very beginning. They require that they they provide them with naked pictures of themselves, obviously for you know an attempt to blackmail them and things like that. And some women had to, they have to have a, uh, I forgot what the, the word is, but um, one of the women, she submitted a written agreement i guess you could say uh, it's collateral that's what it is a confessional, you have to, yeah, that she you have to give me something that means enough to you that i'll hold on to it and you know you'll stay in line and this specific woman's was a written confession that she would not say anything and so they would they would have them do those kinds of things a lot as well as being um sexually exploited and being exploited for labor mm-hmm. for them you know kind of almost as these missionaries to this work going out and um, recruiting people for this cause and and things like that, it's really weird and really interesting. But and it's it's very much just the same way that Scientology sounds. It's 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 self help in the most bland way. In fact, here I'm going to play a little bit. There's this conversation where 
with, between Keith Raniere and Allison Mack. It's like this video it's where so they're talking about the nothing. I don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, it's literally nothing. It's honestly it's, in, in any of these videos, they are you. I could not tell you what they're talking about, where, who, how, when. I mean, it. They say nothing. Yeah, it's it's, it's the most. It's the most. It, just talking in circles of of this kind of. Big words yeah, and fluff. It, yeah. There's That's nothing exactly going it. On. Big words and fluff. Here, listen to this. I mean, it kind of leads me to my next question, which has to do with authenticity. Because mm-hmm. then it seems more like the creativity comes from a place of just originality or authentic, like soulfulness, mm-hmm. if you're looking at it in a positive mm-hmm. light. You know, authenticity and creativity are an interesting match. We don't like to think of ourselves as, as robots. Mm-hmm. And if you are coming off as robotic, most people say that's somehow inauthentic. There has to be an inauthenticity to that. Mm-hmm. Because we're not robots. So what does it mean to be authentic? When someone's authentic, you feel them. You have this, this feeling of a soul there. Right. Not a ro- robot, not some pre-programmed, um, contrived face or something along those lines. It just seems to come naturally from their experience of existing on this planet from the time they are conceived and they become a a child and grow and all of this thing, they gather this unique impression of existence and authenticity somehow is a a manifestation of all of that. And it also relates to wisdom. I, you know, I always say wisdom is taking your life experience and being able to apply it in a decision. Uh, it's a, a global way of, of acting as opposed to a narrow way where, oh, I feel like doing this. I'm not thinking of anything that ever happened to me. No lessons have ever been learned, and I'm just going to go and do this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, likewise, authenticity has no additional layers of artifice, no trying to be something that you think you should be. That's what authentic It's just means. a pure state of being. Mm-hmm. So one would say authenticity is being as you are and expressing as you are, at least to some degree. Mm -hmm. And as you are is, of course, the sum of your whole past. So when someone's being authentic, you get the feeling that not only that there's a person there in the moment, but somehow you you reach into their very essence and you you meet a unique individual. I don't know why. That makes me want to cry. It's beautiful. Well, I think. It's, Sorry. The, I think these are all things that we, we strive for. You know, we strive as, a, as individuals, we strive to break through a type of existential isolation. We want to touch someone. We want, we want to know that other people have souls. We want to experience this. We want to experience connection. Things, that, things like what we call love what we, um, wow. and compassion and wow. uh, even it's, something like... Uh, I mean, all he's said so far is be yourself and learn from it. your mistakes. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, it's, he like, says it in a lot of big words. Yeah. I mean, it's... Yeah. Look, being authentic is being as you are and existing in a world... Uh, yeah, yeah, that's what... It's, it's, it's the silliness of, of somebody just trying to over-explain the most basic human lesson that you learned when you were fucking six 
It's it's just a whole bunch of garbage. Yeah, and and ultimately, uh, you know, that's but, what's... but it worked on uh, it works on some people, and whatever. that's what's sad about and, this. And 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 the saddest part is that they, you know, people who might really feel lost or want to better themselves, as most oftentimes is what uh, attracts them to these things like that. Whether it is Scientology or any of these other instances like this, it is a real effort or an attempt to want to better themselves or or feel. Not lost, like I said. Now I'm talking like him, where I just kind of say the same things in a different way. But it's but true, you know though. what I mean. And, it is. and so, and that's I what know, that's I think tragic. it's that's what's the most sad thing about all of this is that these organizations. And look, I'm not saying that um, religion or finding an organization and all self help organization or all religion is bad. But I will say that there are there are those cases where certain organizations pry on people who are weak, people who are desperate and, you know, have lost sight of the fact that the church is where you go for comfort and they go, well, the church, oh, well, if you join our organization, we can get something from you, you know, and that's, that's where the difference lies, you know, where, where all of these, these, you know, like when we talked about Scientology, all of these actors and actresses who are desperate to be part of the scene and, and they don't have any money, and they're very impressionable and young, and you bring them into this world, hey, you might see Will Smith, you might see Tom Cruise at, at an event, you know, and you can hobnob, and we know everybody. There's, uh, I mean, they prey, on, they prey on the weak, you know, and then ultimately when a weak person is part of this organization, and that's kind of what happened is there was a, um, uh, a lady from uh, Dynasty, um, Oxen, Oxenberg, the lady who who she believed her daughter was being held by this organization, this Nexium or JNS or whatever. That that's kind of how it it became exposed because somebody said my family member is being held, and then you know it, it, they ultimately found this Rainier guy hiding in Mexico along with Mac. It appeared they were both arrested. He's still in jail. She was released on five million dollar bond, which is crazy. Um, yeah. And there is rumor that she is in talks of pleading, making yeah. a plea deal, yeah. which is probably going to happen, which means if she flips on this guy, then there'll be a lot more information about this case as well. Because right now um, it's all kind of, it's coming to light, but a lot of it's still speculatory. And so uh, it'll be. I think be- it's taking forever because, and, and some people have pointed this out that, you know, if, if it is associated with the Rothschild family or these big name politicians and things like that, then many people believe that they control the mainstream media and things like that. So they would hush these kinds of stories, especially right. if it involved them. Right, which right. is why I think it's being swept under the rug as well as it has been. Right. And then what can happen is that because of these fake news sites that uh, sensationalize it even more, um, it discredits the story ultimately. Um you know, and so I I don't know whatever happens with Allison. I'm certain that faced with life in prison, she was more than willing to flip on Rainier and give up the information she knows. So I I don't know what will happen with her. But as we've seen on on a lot of these court cases and a lot of these things that we talk about, the time from when you're arrested, when the story breaks, to when you're actually in court can be years. So yikes! I hope not. Well, but, I do too. I hope that more of this comes out than quicker than uh, quicker than not. But it is it is kind of this fascinating look into, you know, 
people who who get into these organizations and get mistreated and and become you know they know that that something's wrong they know that at some point they've gone from as as was and will probably be the the defense's case in in um Allison Mack's situation uh claiming you know she was a victim who was a victim first and then became um an abuser herself much like uh um from the Johnny Gosh case uh Johnny Gosh. Yeah, but the oh, Paul Bonacci. Paul Bonacci. Sorry, I, his name escaped me for a minute. Who yeah. who helped to kidnap uh, allegedly Johnny Gosh, but at at one point was a victim himself. So right. I mean, you kind of have to go. Okay, well, yeah, at, you know, she was out there and she was doing these videos and talking about this and allegedly very re- recruiting people up to the point where her nickname among people in the organization was Pimp Mac. Because she was yeah, and I mean, she also they had they had shown like tweets where she had talked to Emma Watson, tried to and, reach out to people and, like that. Uh, yeah. Who was the other one? Um, uh, it was uh, Kelly Clarkson. Kelly Clarkson, that's right. Saying, "Hey, I hear you like feminism." Or I, no, I'm... she heard, she said, "I hear you're a Smallville fan." Oh, for Kelly Clarkson, yeah, yes, but for Emma Watson, she said, "There's a thing I think you dig." Yeah, you know, really, really creepy when you think about what ultimately it turned out mm-hmm. to be. Right. And and her defense team will ultimately argue, well, she was brainwashed and she was indoctrinated and she was as victim as much as too. And that's she looks how- pretty like a robot, like in that video with him. Yeah, it's especially since he's ta- talking about not being uh, a robot and being authentic, and she looks as fake and as robotic and truly um, messed up, like psychologically. Yeah. She does not look like a sound person at all. No, not at all. And you and you look at that and you go, well, of course you'd have an actress, and if she was a great actress, you'd go, I'm going to cry. What what you just said, yeah, what you seems, just said, was... all that seems fake and and gross. But maybe to the point where, um, she's so dependent on him and what? Because where's she going to go now in life? Like once you've done these things, like, right. what, are you going to go be a normal person? I mean, I guess you can go work at the same grocery store where Golden State Killer worked, and like you know what I mean. But I don't I don't know how people can just go be normal, but. I think she was codependent on Rainier to give her uh, what praise, um, mm-hmm. and I think that's where she received it, and I think that's why she was really complicit to do the things that he asked, and I think she is brainwashed to yeah. a certain extent, just based off of her actions and how she looks. She's, I think she's, a, she's messed up, man. I think a lot of those situations, you know, when you get somebody in a situation where you just go, how did you, how did you just not leave? You know, like... Uh, um, God, another case that you're st- we're still waiting on in more information from, but the Turpin 13, those kids who, yeah. you know, were um, found in the home of their parents. Um, was it earlier this year, late last year? I can't remember how long ago they were found. I don't remember either. It was just within the last, I would say, six months maybe, um, I, I believe. And they, but yeah, you, you probably saw this story in the news where the parents had kind of basically, these these 13 kids were emaciated. They ranged in age from... I mean, all the 30 way thirty to, to two, I think. Yeah, right? or thirty to three, something like that. And they had been chained in the house. They had been starved. They had been mistreated. Um, you know, but but also at the same time, um, there had been they had gone out. They had gone to school. They had, um, I mean, for for a, f- a first portion of their life, some of the kids had gone to school, and yeah. eventually they were all homeschooled. Um, the family would pick up and move from different places. They were allowed to play with friends, but you're never allowed to go over there. There was some really interesting signs that obviously, again, people saw afterwards. 
Yeah. Um, the kids, they'd say they would notice that their hands were clean, but their the rest of their bodies weren't because they were only allowed to wash their hands. Right. Um, th- some of the kids had been seen digging through garbage cans, um, but also they had taken these, and you may have seen these pictures in the news, these lavish vacations to Disneyland and Las Vegas where all the kids were dressed in the similar outfits and they'd all yeah, get in pictures. in the creepy way. In a, yes. In the creepiest way possible. Creepy now. Right. And, and then all, but like you said, you made an interest. You made, well, it was because he, he. If, look, if you see this guy, Mr. Turpin himself, he's got the creepiest bowl cut haircut that's so suspect from the first, you know, from the first point. And I mean, I don't know how anybody doesn't look at him and his brood of 13 kids and his weird ass wife and be like, something's amiss here. Yeah. Something is weird. I mean, that dude alone, he looks weird. Yeah, he does. And, Nobody wears that would, haircut anymore. They would they would take these kids and they would take them to Disneyland and put them in all matching shirts or take them to renew their vows in Vegas and dress them all in similar outfits. And you just you look at that and and it was like it wasn't until one of the kids literally broke out of the house and escaped and notified authorities that these kids were found. Um, but you go okay, well you know. I think there was also a time where one of them had a, the girl had had escaped, but someone found her and took her back to her family. They oh, when she lived her in Texas, back. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But it had happened again, and and she got out, and now they're aware of it. And the the conditions that they were living in is just, it's just awful. It's tragic. It's sad. The house was, I mean, was awful. There was trash everywhere. There was feces and urine stains. There was. They I mean, said that. I mean, I think they were talking about the Texas home at this point, and there were neighbors who had kind of known that things were weird about the family. Um, they said that the house had been um, foreclosed, and they kind of just disappeared in the middle of the night one night. They were just gone, and so the family, the neighbors, had the opportunity to go in the house, and um, they said that they had ripped up all the carpet, and there was plywood on the the ground now, but that it was all stained and gross, and that there were ropes and chains on the beds, and it was just like these metal bunk beds. You know, just, and and nothing. I mean, these kids didn't have anything to do. They forced them to live a nocturnal lifestyle so that they slept all day. They were up at night. People kind of see them at nighttime with their parents, like either laying sod or working. I mean, having them do labor, kind of. Sure, but hardcore yeah, chores. Right? Yeah, and, and there were also stories and reports of them kind of just being very torturous and cruel to them in the sense that, you know, they really didn't feed them, but... They would do things like leave pies on the counter and they, the kids could see them, but they were not allowed to touch them, but the parents could eat them. And, and just really, really, really horrible instances of things like that. It's just, it's it's almost hard to believe. Mm-hmm. I, I'm still having a hard time wrapping my mind around that. Yeah, it, it's a it's one of those stories where you do, you kind of go, how, how, does, how does anything like this happen? Yeah. It is weird. Like when I was, when I was a kid, um, my uncle had a brother so he this so uncle my uncle married my mom's sister and he so his brother wasn't related to our family it was like you know what i mean um and he would come to family events and they had like like 10 kids and all of them would dress like like uh like polygamous kind of like the girls had the long pigtails and they were always in the dresses and the mom kind of dressed like that and he wasn't a polygamist he didn't have other wives but they kind of dressed like a country family and they were always and she was always pregnant like they were always just having more kids 
And, you know, they were, they were weird, but I never saw their home. I never did anything. And it was like, you kind of go, yeah, if you're the family, you just go, eh, that's, you know, maybe that's how they are. That's how the kids are weird. And they have a bunch of kids and people would speculate that like, you know, it wasn't necessarily nefarious what they, why they had all the kids. Some people said that it was because she liked the infancy stage of children, yeah. that she loved the, the idea of being needed by a, by a baby. Right. But then like the minute that the kid can walk away, she's like, eh, I need to be pregnant again. Yeah, what is her name? Lori? Lori Turpin, I think. Yeah. Anyways, I think, or Louise, I don't know. It's an L name. Anyways, her sister uh, did kind of an interview and things like that, and she talks about some of the things that they incurred as children, her and her sister. They um, encountered sexual abuse at the hands of a, of a relative and that their mom knew about it and did nothing to stop it because they that's kind of where they got their money and their financial support. So... I mean, a lot of people can speculate that, that the mom is messed up herself, you know, because she never dealt with her trauma or this is how she's dealing with it. There's some weird things. But again, this is another case where I'm, I'm really excited for more details to come out so that we can get a better understanding of what the hell is going on. Uh, it was David and Louise Turpin. Okay. And their 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 kids were found on January 14th of this year. So okay. it was it was early. Very this recent. Year. Yeah. Wow. Um, and they're, like I said, they're they're both facing life imprisonment. For multiple cases of child neglect, child abuse, imprisonment, kidnapping. I mean, they have, like you said, one of their kids is thirty. Yeah. And and you look at that, and and there are there are pictures online. Most of the pictures are the kids' faces are blurred. Mm-hmm. Now there are some where the kids' faces are not blurred, mm-hmm. and you can look at the kids. And to be honest, they don't all look. They start. I think it's either because she was getting older when she kept having children. But they do start looking different. So I don't know. Well, and I mean, I, I, <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know if this will come out. But I, I wonder if perhaps maybe some of the younger children are the kids of the older children. That maybe he... I don't like where you're going with this. Maybe he... <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't like it either. But I mean, it, is, it isn't hard to think that with this kind of lifestyle this kind of abuse, that there was the possibility that perhaps he was abusing his own children and that that this is kind of how it is. That she, the, this Louise Turpin did not have all of these children. Maybe. But I don't know. I don't know if there's records of know, her constantly weird. being pregnant. I, I don't know that. Because I, 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 we'd, we'd have to know those kinds of things. And there's things that need to come out. Like we said, this, this case is, uh, again, three months old. You've got kids who have been abused for years. The... The process of trying to heal these children and before you can even like talk to them about the like they didn't yeah. have internet they didn't have the outside they thought the outside world was dangerous they were being told all these lies again and I mean they didn't have basic knowledge of just certain things in life they said that they didn't know what a policeman was and when they asked if there was any medication or pills in the house they didn't know what any of that was I mean there's just there's there's so much that these <clears throat> excuse me these children have been deprived of socially and educationally i don't know how they're going to rebound from that but i sure hope that they can and i i don't know i'm just so again it i really can't believe that this is a real thing that we're talking about yeah i mean the 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 allegations that have just been leveled so far is you know aside from the conditions the couple allegedly you know kept them locked up they beat them strangled them allowing them only to eat once a day 
if if that, um, and they were only allowed to shower once a year because it was a waste of water in his mind. They ranged, like you said, from two to twenty nine, um, with seven of the thirteen children being over the age of eighteen at the time of the parents' arrest. So I mean, there was literally seven adults um, that were that were still being held captive. Yeah. But you say, why is that? Well, the eldest, who was a 29-year-old woman, she weighed only 82 pounds at the time she was found. Yeah. So, I mean, these, these were not kids who were in a position to fight back or, or to even mistrust what the people that they believed to be the ones to take care of them, you know. You know, I, and the craziest thing about this story is that, and again, we'll, I think once we know more about these things, we'll talk about it again, but... With this one, the other thing that's fascinating, the sister, you know, of Louise that was doing the interview, she had kind of discussed the early part of the Turpins' life, which was vastly different than what they their current situation was. Um, he worked for Lockheed Martin, I believe, mm-hmm. and they were they were assumingly very wealthy because the the children always had the nicest clothes, um, new toys. They took them to Disneyland all the time. They paid for other family members' airfare to come out and visit them and take them to Disneyland and, you know, meals and things like that. And they just were always spending money and always never wanting. And so that's kind of how they lived. And and then there kind of came this point in their life where he was laid off and their house was repossessed. And I believe that was Texas. And I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened, like, if it was a matter of money, like, where this, this change came and and the sister also said that they were kind of you know christian people they they lived that lifestyle very god-fearing um and then when they turned 40 things kind of changed and she said her sister began drinking and partying and going out and um i guess doing some of the things like sleeping with other men and and weird weird stuff that they were doing so there's a lot of strangeness to this and again another crazy display of the human psyche and and the places it can go, but I, I personally don't. And why, how, how could I, I mean, I, nobody can understand why somebody would do that to their own children or why somebody you'd say, well, how could you allow yourself to be victimized? There's 13 of you. There's only two of them. You, there's seven adults in this house over the age of 18 at this time that if there had wanted to be a mutiny, if this had, ended in some horrible way it it could have in numbers alone but you you don't understand that kind of victimization um whether it's you uh being part of an organization or a society where you're brought in and told that you know this is an organization that if you do what we say you can get somewhere and we can help you look at the people in our organization at the top you know um, the the parents said that when they asked them, you know, why are your why are your children chained up? They said they had no explanation. They had yeah. nothing. They had nothing to offer as to why their oh, children they, had been chained. Oh no, have they? Jeez. And and they also speculated that these children were so malnourished at this point they they genuinely didn't know how much longer they would have had to have lived. And which I mean, is crazy. And that's it's the same. Just e- so crazy to think about. It's the same exact story when people. Um, when investigators go to talk to people who are part of Scientology or part of cults or whatever, and um, and they go, are you being held against your will? And they go, oh, no, I love it here. This is my, look, the, I can understand why my family, and then they leave and they go, okay, great. You didn't, we'll, we'll beat you less now. Or, you know, I mean, there's, there's, there's a million of these examples where, 
people who are indoctrinated, the the polygamists, the that believe that like their prophet is right, that tells them that yeah, the outside I, world is evil, and and people come to help them, and they run and they hide, and they go, oh my god, these people are gonna they're gonna ruin our lives. I mean, when, it's crazy. when that happened with uh, like Warren Justin and stuff like that, there were a few of the the kids who didn't want to leave. They didn't want to leave. Uh, polygamy and and what their what their lives were because they felt loyal to it and it's what they knew which is also so tragic that you can you can indoctrinate someone so much from from birth or just you know from their early developmental stages to believing that this is normalcy right that is such corruption you know to the highest degree it's it's so sad and i think that's why you know these these sentences are so harsh um that they're handing down yes life in prison you should be facing that i, I mean it's beyond comprehension how how parents could do this to a child, let alone to 13, let alone to get into a cycle where you're literally abusing an entire, I mean, a baker's dozen worth of children. Yeah, That's, that's insane to me, you know? And, and um, that's why I think there has to be kind of, I mean, there, there's got, there has to be more to this story. The, the mere fact that you just keep all your children locked up in your house is one thing. But there has to be more. Like, what is the secret? What is the terrifying secret that you're keeping just that you have so many kids? I mean... I mean, and what if... I One thing to support the idea of her kind of having being uh, dependent on the infancy stage is that the sister also said that the newest baby that they had was either two or three at the time, um, which is their 13th child and, and supposedly the last one. But she said that her sister Louise would only ever send her pictures of her and the the baby, the infant right. baby. And right. she'd always say, well, are you taking the other kids out trick-or-treating? And she'd say, oh, they're not into it. That's not their thing. Right. And then she'd send a picture of just her and the baby out trick-or-treating and, and, and things like that. So No, I agree with you. Um, and um, I think... Well, yeah, like she she was just always she was always into the youngest child. And as soon as that child got old enough to not need her at every moment, she was on to the next. And that's that's the idea of of why and how she had so many kids. There's also the the (laughs) there was a part of their lives where around the time she turned 40. Um, they both became, I mean, they went from being these Christian people who had never had a drink, never done a drug, never done anything to becoming essentially just, I mean. Yeah. Like I said, she had really started drinking alcohol and swinging. Yeah. All Um, of this. And I mean, like when you think about these kids, what if something would have happened to them? Like what if they would have passed away? I mean, what would they have done if one of their kids would have died, you know, while of, of malnourishment or. Just something like what? What would they have done? Well, and like, would anybody that's know an interesting... that like a thirteenth, like one of them was missing? Or well, I mean, what like, if would there they was have... fourteen? Maybe there are. What Maybe if there are more? Like, I mean, like that's the thing is, what would have happened? Right. Or what? I don't know. Because they weren't. I mean, she wasn't. I I don't believe that she was having these kids in a in a hospital. Right. I mean, was she having these kids at home? Is there document? See, that's what I don't know. Are there documented births for all thirteen of these kids from this no lady? Idea. I have See, no and there's idea. those. There's certain things that like have not come to light yet because I don't know if if there was like eight of these kids that were born off the grid. Then you know we we don't know whose they were. If that's the secret, you you know what I mean. Like there's right. there's a lot to this, and the kids they can't be to a point where they want to talk. I mean, it's really got to be like something that is probably going to take. 
a while. Now, the older kids, perhaps, even the one that escaped is more willing to talk. Maybe she, she yeah. she'll talk and but there's like, the there's the YouTube video of one of the daughters where she had like access to the internet and I don't know how this happened but she uploaded a video of herself singing these songs that she made up and they're so sad because of the lyrics it's really yeah I'm to blame and you know like it's really sad lyrics that you can imagine this is what a child who grew up on a fear of being punished all the time. I mean, and they have like no entertainment, like yeah. zero entertainment, just themselves. And I guess they kept these journals. I, I guess they all have journals that they have. So they're kind of going to go through those journals and see what the kids say and, and I, maybe build their case from there. But it's like I said, I'm it's really hard to believe that we're talking about this. Yeah. And 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 that's kind of with all of this stuff is that, you know, a, a, a few podcasts ago, we were when we were getting into the Johnny Gosh stuff. We were talking about the child sex trafficking and all of that stuff. It was mm-hmm. like, gosh, you know what a you know it's it's fringe stuff. You bring that up to somebody you know that that just watches mainstream media and they go, oh, that's nonsense. Well, now the mainstream media is talking about a sex trafficking organization that involved women in Hollywood. Yeah, it's not it's. And they're going, what? I mean, one of the one of the things we watched, the lady starts out by going, sex trafficking in America? It's happening. And you're like, yeah, it has been happening. How many times did it take, you know, like people told Corey Feldman he was full of shit. People told all these people they were full of shit. This is legitimately like an organization that was used to to sex traffic women. And yeah. it's like now, now they listen. How I many think- stories does it take till they pay attention? I think people always associate sex trafficking with women. I think that's the problem is that a lot of times people don't associate that there was that whole, you know, pedophile ring with totally, um, you know, all surrounding boys. And and I think that's the thing is that people always kind of label something as one thing or only girls can be sexually abused. And right. And um, so maybe they don't see the whole problem. But it is it's everywhere and it affects both both sides. What's his name? Dan. uh... Dan, what's his name from Nickelodeon? Oh, Schneider. Yeah, he. They chose not to renew their deal with him, oh, so he's done over at Nickelodeon. So I wonder that if they F know that breed. the storm's coming there too. But that's the thing: is that right now, and and while we were gone, there was a lot of stuff that was just kind of breaking. But we don't have all the answers to them yet. We wanted to address them because they were in the news. We wanted to talk about them uh, to the extent that we could. Um, but we will probably go back and re-examine all of these. I'm sure we will do an episode on the Turpin 13 when yes. we have information. We will do an episode on the Golden State Killer when he has spoken and when we can compare his timeline to the murders and actually match these up and have so it's not speculation there. Um, and I'm sure there will be more with this Allison Mack situation. I, like I said, it sounds like she's going to flip. It sounds like they probably got her in a room and said, you're not cut out for prison. All right, you, you need to tell us everything so we can cut you a little bit of a deal. And and she probably will. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what else there is to say on these exactly. So And there were some other topics that we studied, but I don't necessarily want to get into those without Melissa yet. Yeah, and I miss so, Melissa. So I, I think that that's probably enough for now. Yeah, I think I think let's we save a, a little bit. We have a few more things in our back pocket, but we'll bring it next Yeah, time. but I, I feel like, yeah, I feel like maybe that's for another time. I don't want to rush it. I don't want to try to cram it in here, and I think what we talked about was pretty good. Go ahead and do yourselves a favor. Look into these stories. Yeah. Look into the Allison Mack story. Look into the Turpin 13. Look up um, the, uh, the Golden State Killer. Look back over this and see how interesting it is that all of this speculation is kind of very much matching up with the guy they ended up ultimately getting. And be amazed that you're living in a time when 
something so unbelievable as catching a serial killer 30 years after his final thing. Like, it sounds like a movie. It sounds yeah, like it, it sounds like a movie, it and it's happening. So um, look into those. We'll release uh, some of the stuff that we, you know, some of the, the articles and videos and stuff on social media. They'll be on Facebook and Twitter this week. But, uh, but yeah, we just wanted to check in real quick and, and drop a quick episode. Yeah. Um, we miss you guys. Uh, we miss you guys, and, and, and we, we didn't want to do too much without Melissa, so she will be back. Um, very soon, hopefully on the next episode, we'll be able to match yeah. this all up. And um, you got anything else to say? Until next time, guys, we'll keep it warm for you. Yeah. Also, uh, pay uh, check out uh, check out the video we posted on uh, on social media regarding the way that we found the studio today. A little creepy. Check it out. Actually, you'll probably see that video before you hear this. Yeah. Well, yeah. I guess that's true. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, anyway, thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate it. On behalf of the missing Melissa, on behalf of our producer Sasha, Danny, Miss Marty, however I address you. I'm getting my belt back. You're coming for it. Steel cage match, brother. That's what I... Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. (laughs) We had a good time this week. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, And hey, we'll see you next time. Mother, mother, there's too many of you to cry. Brother, 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 there's far too many of you die. You know we've 